Good morning. Thank you to our Bluegrass Ensemble for leading us in worship this morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today. The flowers that are in our sanctuary this morning are placed in honor of Charlotte Russ. Charlotte is being dedicated into our church this morning, and we are very excited uh, to welcome her uh, into our church family this morning. We are very glad that you are here with us to worship at Boiling Springs Baptist Church today. My prayer is that each of us would prepare our hearts as we prepare to worship our Lord. Our hymn is number 17, This Is My Father's World, 17. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
Good morning. Again, we welcome each of you here today. It's a special day. Thank you, Bluegrass Group. Great to have you with us today, Abby and J-Max. Always great to have you and the other guys. Well, we're glad to have you too. But glad you're all here, and uh, we look forward uh, to this service. We look forward as we continue to worship our Lord and Savior. We're excited about Charlotte and um, have something I'd like to, to share with us this morning. As the family of God, we rejoice in God's good gift of life through the miracle of birth. Today, we join with the parents of Charlotte Carol Russ in embracing their child with open arms, even as Jesus welcomed little children and their mothers with words of blessing. We acknowledge God's abounding love already at work in Charlotte, and we come today to pledge ourselves in covenant to nurture her into fullness of life. And at this time, we'd like to ask the Russ family to come forward and stand with us at this time. And any children that are in the sanctuary this morning are invited to come and sit with Ellen and many other parents here on the front two rows. If you guys would stand right over here. All right. And we'll turn it over to Ellen. Today we acknowledge and celebrate miracles, for life is God's most precious gift. You hold in your arms a marvelous incarnation of love made flesh in relationship, of love made flesh in, in your love, of potential being realized in the wonder of individual growth. From the heart of God into the heart and arms of this community. Trusted. For those who commit ourselves to being a part of the process of living, may we model for your joy the disciple, the excitement, the pain, and the work of the abundant life. May your living with her reveal the depths of God's dream for us in our world. As our concept of who we are is expanded, as we affirm the intimacy that is enhanced by the inclusion of another into it. As we take time not only for the church and the community, but now we take time to let the children who will be friends and companions Bless Charlotte. All right, children. This is Charlotte. Will you be her friend? Will you be her friend? Oh, I think you will. Come here, Piper. If she needs directions, will you show her the way? Will you be her friend? Oh, okay. If she falls down, Will, will you pick her up and help her? I know you will. Will you play with Charlotte? Will you share with her? As children of this church, take care of Charlotte. Hey, you will, won't you? Hey, Charlotte. Will you take care of Charlotte? I know you will. Let me give her back to Daddy because I think I've got her on the wrong arm in the wrong time. <laughs> All right, Charlotte. That's mommy, that's mommy. Yeah, that's baby. Okay. And now to the parents, to Ashley and Wesley. I'm going to knock that microphone over before it's over. Right parents, with gratitude to God, do you receive this child as a precious gift of God? 
And do you seek God's grace and his community support and this community support in nurturing and caring for this child? Do you, <laughs> that's okay. Do you covenant to remain faithful in love to your child, whatever the future may bring? And do you promise before God and this community so to fashion your lives that your child may come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? We now ask that the congregation stand in support of this family, if you are able. The church as a family of God gladly joins you in holy covenant for the care and the nurture of Charlotte. Church family, do you promise as a community of faith to surround this family with your love for the strengthening of their life together? To be for these parents and this child a family in Christ whose love for them cannot be broken? To accept this child into your loving care and for shared responsibility in her growth toward fullness of life in Christ, to tell this child the good news of Christ and to help her learn Christ's ways and to lead her in service to God and neighbor. You may be seated. Ellen is going to lead us in a word of prayer and... Um, after that, I'm going to walk around. We're going to sing a hymn, and I'm going to walk around with Charlotte. Charlotte, has we've been praying for her for the last few days, has been under the weather a little bit, but we're glad that she is able to participate in this service today, and it's been a long time since I've held uh, a little one like this. So uh, we're just going to let you have that opportunity during the hymn, and um, Ellen, you go ahead and, and lead us in our prayer. Before I do that, I'd like to present Ashley and Wesley a certificate and a Bible from the church and from the children, time of snuggle with Psalms. Now let us pray. Oh God, as a mother comforts her children, you strengthen, sustain, and provide for us. We come before you with gratitude for the gift of this child, for the joy that has come into this family, and for the grace with which you surround them and all of us. As a father cares for his children, so you continually look upon us with compassion and goodness. Pour out your spirit, enable us all to abound in love. Establish our homes through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Charlotte, we look forward to helping you and watching you grow physically, but also helping you come to know Christ and know what it means to, to love him and to follow him. And we love you as a church family. Amen. Candy. Him is number 530. Lord, we bring to you our children. 530. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. <laughs>
Let me, uh, I'll lead us in our pastoral prayer. Before I do that, I want to say a word of thanks to everyone who helped in any way with our yard sale yesterday. Um, we had many of you who participated by donating items. We had those of you who purchased items and those of you who helped in many ways this week in preparations for that sale. This is most of the team, not all of the team that's up there on the slide. And we have several non-team members that helped us in tremendous ways this week. And then we have a few who helped who aren't in that picture. This was about 2.30 yesterday after uh, the trucks were packed with uh, goods that were left over from the sale. And uh, when all is said and done, we will close out with a little over $2,800 to help with our Guatemala mission team who will be leaving in August. So thank you, church family, for your great support in this effort. So just wanted to to share that with you. Also, as a way of announcements, just wanted to mention that tonight at six o'clock, uh, Nancy Bottoms and Ari Bottoms, her son, will be sharing about their recent mission trip to Cambodia and Mongolia, and that will be at 6 o'clock tonight in the Lighthouse Room. As I reflect back on the summer, we've already had uh, Jeremiah and Mariah share about their trip to Africa. Uh, I'm hoping to twist the arm of Celeste and Hannah, and maybe some other family members that went with them to Honduras to share soon about their trip in Honduras, to have Nancy and Ari share this evening, and then, of course, our Guatemala team will be sharing in August. It's great to see uh, the people of Bull Springs Baptist uh, on mission for Christ, not only here in our local community, but around the world. And that is exciting. I know you would join me in celebrating that. This morning, we want to remember a few in our prayer. Bob Hunt, Carolyn was here this morning briefly and shared with me that Bob went to the hospital. He was at our yard sale yesterday, but went to the hospital uh, late yesterday evening. And so we want to remember him in our prayers this morning. That was Bob Hunt. We continue to remember Reed. Uh, we're glad that, that Irene and her daughter is here this morning, and uh, we just want to continue to remember Reed during this very um, uh, critical time. Jane Surratt, I talked with Lynn this morning, and he was here briefly for the men's study, uh, but Jane is coming along. They are so appreciative for your thoughts and prayers this week as Jane underwent uh, lung surgery. They removed two lobes from her right lung, and um, things went well. There is a little bit of leakage in the lung, and they are hoping that that will heal itself over these next few days, but be in prayer for Jane about that. We have several in our church family that are undergoing treatment right now. Um, and so we want to remember them and be mindful of them. You may have a need that you bring in here this morning in the midst of the celebrating of music and dedication of children, and there's something that's weighing heavy on your heart today. I want to give you just a brief moment to lift that up to the Lord in prayer, and then I will lead us in our morning prayer. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence in our lives. We thank you for the way that you have worked this last week, the way you've worked in our youth and their leaders in Daytona Beach, Florida, Father, we give you praise for that. Lord, we pray that the things that they experienced and the things that they were a part of this week and heard, Lord, would have a lasting impact and in their lives for years to come. Lord, we're thankful for the, the church family and the way people came together to support and in the yard sale in many different ways. Lord, we do all of these things, whether it's camps or mission trips, Lord, to, to, to come to know you better and also to learn how to share your love with those whom we meet each and every day. Father, forgive us for when we fail to do that. And Lord, challenge us to do that more clearly and more boldly as we live our lives for you each day. Lord, we lift up these whose names we've mentioned today. Uh, we know of others, Lord, who are going through very serious things right now. Lord, some of which are not health-related. But Lord, we pray that you would meet each one here today and within our church family at the point of their need. We're grateful, God, that despite our uh, mistakes and despite our shortcomings, Lord, that you continue to love us, that you continue to use us in powerful ways. 
Your love is so great and so vast. And Lord, the way that you gift your church family to share that love with others is amazing. We thank you for the Bluegrass Group. We thank you for the many talents and skill sets that I continue to see within our church family and the ways that those are being used for your glory. Lord, bless this service today. Bless the preaching, the reading of your word, the music, every spoken word. Father, may it bring honor and glory to your name. That is our desire today as we continue to worship. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. sinner and one was a Pharisee, two men are praying to the Lord. The Pharisee was proud, oh he shouted out loud, oh God there's no dirt upon my hand. I'm perfect, I'm strong, I've never done no wrong, I'm glad I'm not like that sinner man. Two men are praying, oh two men praying, two men are praying to the Lord. One was a sinner and one was a Pharisee. Two men are praying to the Lord. Well, the sinner looked down with his face to the ground, ashamed to even lift his trembling voice. I'm guilty, Lord, he cried. I'm weak down inside. Have mercy on me, for I know I'm lost. Two men are praying, oh, two men are praying. Two men are praying to the Lord. One was a sinner and one was a Pharisee. Two men are praying to the Lord. said the Lord. He listened to both prayers. He listened and he gave it all some thought. The Pharisee said, we watch before we pray, but the sinner found a place in God's own heart. Two men are praying, oh, two men are praying, two men are praying to the Lord. One was a sinner and one was a Pharisee. Two men are praying to the Lord. Thank you. 
into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of the host. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be enough room to receive it. Malachi 3.10. Let's pray. Lord, I am thankful to have the opportunity to join in worship with this church family today. We ask for your blessings and healing hands for those in our church who are going through difficult times. Teach us to serve you with patience and with compassion to one another and to all people. We are thankful for the giving and the kindness of others to make the Honduras mission trip fundraiser yesterday a success. Help us in our giving to remember the needs of others, not only in our church and community, but to the needs of all in the world. We are thankful for our freedom to worship and to serve a mighty God. Help us to seek your will and claim your blessings. Use and bless these gifts that have been given to bring your hope and love to all who are in need. These things we ask in your name, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
guys. What a blessing. We knew of your musical skills on the instruments, but I think we were aware that the vocals were there, but we heard it this morning. That was nice. Thank you. And Abby, thank you so much for your willingness to to be with the the guys this morning. At the beginning of July, we, uh, or I challenged the church family to consider reading through the book of Proverbs. We have 31 days of July and 31 chapters of Proverbs. It just seems like a good fit that and proper or somewhere in the midst of summer and it's so it's a good time to just kind of remind ourselves of some good wisdom and some good knowledge that we can find from the book of proverbs uh, as we read it we hear of advice and counsel on the money and how to use and manage our money we hear things about how to handle discipline and how to handle relationships and how to handle communication Speaking of communication, before we read the scripture this morning, my family enjoyed a wonderful time away uh, during the week of the 4th at Myrtle Beach. And I know many of you have had those opportunities and some of you are looking forward to maybe still having those this summer. But one night uh, when Renee sent me out to get something for dinner, she sent me with that list. And on that list, I quote, it said, to get an orange and a yellow bell pepper. So I came back. And I had an orange, the fruit, and I had a yellow bell pepper. You remember I mentioned communication, you know? Sometimes that happens best in marriages or doesn't happen the best in marriages, right? You know? I did exactly what was on that list. I got an orange and I got a yellow bell pepper. Are you with me? Men, 
Well, she, I'm grateful that she wasn't angry, which is what we're talking about this morning, anger. The look was more disappointment and sadness that, that I did, you know, I said, look, I did what you, what did I do? She said, I meant for you to get an orange bell pepper and a yellow bell pepper. And I'm like, because I mean, I tried. I didn't get anything else, I don't think, that was on, not on the list, because sometimes that happens. You know, I'll, hey, I, you know, I, I want this. And we kind of get a, come home with a few extra things that she didn't have on the list. But I did exactly what was on the list. I came home with exact, and so I had the orange, and I thought maybe she's going to squeeze it into some kind of dish that she's making. Well, that wasn't the case, and I think we did eat the orange. But anyway, um, communication is a key. Unfortunately, today, one of the ways the world is choosing to communicate is through anger. We see this in so many different ways, and we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to read some scripture, but let me, before I read scripture, let me say this. I think in the, in the age of, of positive psychology, I mean, we hear these, these pep talks or TED talks. We hear all these like, you know, even preachers sometimes, we accuse them of just having this pop psychology. But I'm, I'm saddened that anger, unfortunately, seems to be the tone that's expressed more so recently uh, than this positive psychology. We hear less of that, but we sure do on the airwaves and TV and the internet and social media, especially here a lot more uh, conversation or communication that is happening in the form of anger. I have some uh, Proverbs this morning that speak about anger. If you are reading through Proverbs, today is July the 15th. And so we are in Proverbs chapter 15, and we will be doing that next Sunday. We will be in Proverbs 22, and the last Sunday of July, we will be in Proverbs 29. There are some timely messages, I think, for the church and for our community in the midst of those verses. But what I'd like for, to ask you to do, we're doing things a, a lot different this morning. I'm not on the pulpit. We've got bluegrass and baby dedication, and I've got something else interesting that's going to happen here during the sermon in a moment. But I want to ask you to read these verses with me this morning. Can, can we do that? Is that good? All right, Proverbs 15:1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, let's, we got a few more here to look at this morning. Proverbs 15, verse 18. Those who are hot-tempered stir up strife, but those who are slow to anger calm contention. We got a few more. Proverbs 14:17. One who is quick-tempered acts foolishly, and the schemer is hated. Proverbs 14, 29, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but one who has a hasty temper exalts folly. And I believe this is the last one. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. I think most of you would agree with me that we are seeing some very inappropriate forms of anger being expressed throughout social media, throughout news, whether it's TV, whether it's the internet, uh, whatever forms it may be. Unfortunately, some of these uh, ways of, of anger uh, manifest themselves in our families at times. And for that, um, we are, are not, the, not the better for it. But it's everywhere. Everywhere we look, people are just mad. I would drove to Charlotte this week. You know, uh, we had, uh, Jane had her surgery this week and we're grateful that she's doing okay. But uh, you experience it when you drive around uh, Shelby, but especially as you drive up and down 85, people are mad, we're cutting you off. And sometimes, you know, we're waving in inappropriate ways at you and, 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 all, and all these kinds of things. It's, it's just not good. It's not good, but we're, we're seeing it everywhere. It's kind of like our society has a bad case of the terrible twos. You know, it's just like everybody's just kind of mad today. 
and uh, it, it, it's just around us everywhere. But I'm going to do something this morning that's a little bit risky for a pastor. I'll be honest with you. I've never done this before, not like this. And I've got a couple volunteers if they're willing to help me. I don't know where they are. You, can you help me, Maggie? All right. Or Reagan, you're welcome to come. And Aiden. But what, I'm, what I need you to do, uh, guys, can you just kind of set that? Or here you go. Do that first and then put that big tub on top of it there. What I, what I need your help with today is to share some things that make you angry. And like I said, it's always risky when you ask a congregation to share because you don't know what you might hear. But I do want to say this, little words of warning and kind of set some guidelines for what's about to happen, okay? If you are living with someone that you are sitting with, be very careful about what you say and about the words that come out of your mouth this morning, okay? Um, but let's, let's share appropriate things that make you angry. And I'm going to share first. And as I share, you guys have done a wonderful job. I want you to know that. Uh, as I share this morning, I'm going to be shaking a Coke can a little bit as I, as I share. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share first to give you an example of kind of where we're going and, and appropriate examples of, of things to share. But one of the things that makes me angry, and Renee could, I'm glad she's not up here giving the sermon today, but I can, I can choose to tell you what makes me angry. But one of the things that makes me angry is when people stop on the entrance ramps to the highway. Can I get an amen? I mean, it, you, you hit the gas or you let off the gas, but you don't stomp on the gas and wait until the coast is clear and then pull out on the highway. You either hit the gas and get in front of somebody or gradually slow down and pull in behind somebody. But that's one of the things that really makes me angry. And who else wants to share something this morning? Something brief and something appropriate to share in the sanctuary. Who, somebody, yeah, I see that hand, yes. Uh, it's not a particular thing somebody does, it's a tone of voice. Okay, tone of voice, that's huge. You like the sweet tone. Well, thank you, thank you, Mike. Mike likes the sweet tone. So watch the tone of voice with Mike. We've got another hand right here. The people that don't know how to go around the roundabout. Amen. All right. That sounds like a good Bowling Springs uh, illustration on anger right there. Yes. People who go in the exit at Walmart. <laughs> people who go in the exit at Walmart, just in case you didn't hear that. Anybody else? Elizabeth. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Ten items or less. Ten items or less. Who else? Ellen. Yes. Ooh, that's good. When somebody talks about you behind your back, that's never good. I don't know if I'm shaking this enough or not. Anybody else? Anybody else? Where? Okay. Okay. In case you didn't hear that, Gene said, I get upset with the people that get upset over these little things. <laughs> I, hope, I hope by doing this, I told you it was risky, and I hope by doing this, I'm not causing more trouble than, than I'm trying to help prevent this morning. Uh, anybody else? Do I see any other hands? My wife. Well, I've been ignoring her. <laughs> She's been waving, waving her hand, but I haven't been calling on her. <laughs> Were you going to say something? Oh, anybody else? Aiden. Oh, uh, when the lead in your pencil breaks, you have to get up and get another one. Anybody else? Anybody else? You want your supper? If your supper's not ready at five o'clock? 
oh, what do you want for supper at five o'clock? <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was coming. There's always one in the crowd. I should have counted on you for that one. All right. Anybody else? One more. One more. And we'll, we'll move on. Anybody else? All right. Well, we'll move on anyway. You know what happens, right? Oh, well, I see that hand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that makes, I hope, all of us mad are the injustices we see in our world today. And you don't have to read the news for long to read and to see and to witness and to learn about most of the injustices or many of the injustices that are within our world today. But we've got to be careful. If we continue to bottle up the anger, much like the soda can is bottling up the soda, we've got to be careful because if we are not careful, what happened right there can happen within us. And it's not as pretty. Uh, This can be cleaned up, I hope. Um, That didn't go as high as I thought I had hoped it would. But uh, this can be cleaned up, I hope. But what is much more difficult is when we allow that anger, whatever it is in us. We've been somewhat silly and somewhat serious this morning about what we've shared. But I think if we're all serious, we know that there are things that deeply affect us and affect and can affect marriages and can, can affect families. And if we are not careful, we can be a lot like the tension that was building up in that soda can. And when we explode, it's not as easy to clean up, hopefully, as this will be. Uh, But it's a bigger mess, and it's one that can take years or a lifetime to begin to deal with as we seek to uh, clean up some of the mess uh, that that our anger sometimes can cause us. I'm grateful that we have multiple examples throughout Scripture of godly individuals getting angry. And what can we learn from them? I think our first example, of course, was Christ. Christ was uh, human like you and I, and and he, we know of several times where he became angry, and yet... He was what? He was without sin. But yet his anger, he was without sin and his anger never ran wild. The anger danger, I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before, was never present in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We see throughout scripture several things that made Jesus mad. And the, the, the one thing that I mentioned first is the way that others were treating children. Do you remember this? In Mark 10, They were bringing children to him that he might touch them and the disciples rebuke them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. The New Living Translations just flat out says he became angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And truly I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them and he's laid his hands one of the things that I would hope that would ring true for many of us is injustices toward children. Um, one of the examples, or one of the things that I, I wanna share with you this morning, when I was first in youth ministry at my home church, First Baptist East Flat Rock, I can't remember the environment that led this to happen, but we had a local counselor, Christian counselor come in and was sharing with the youth one night. And I rem- I'll never forget a question that he asked the older youth 
Um, it was just a high school youth time, and the question that he asked the older youth was, he says, what is it that makes you weep and pound the table? Let me, let me explain a little bit about the background there. Um, it was a time where the, these older youth were beginning to think about their future, and the counselor was kind of helping them process that. And the more I thought about it, um, I hope, I don't know, that night could have been pivotal, and when I, that question is pivotal for us, especially for a young adult, because the things that make us weep and pound the table out of righteous indignation, righteous anger, it may very well be that God is calling them or calling us to do something about the things that we get angry about. You think about that. When we hear about people mistreating children, if that just infuriates you, it may be that God would have you to get involved in some way in helping see that children are safe. Uh, When we hear about um, slavery, modern day slavery, if that's something that just infuriates you, it may very well be that God is leading you to do something in that area. Whatever it may be that the injustices in our world that make you angry, it may be that God is leading you uh, to do something. But it's something that I remember uh, that that counselor was, was talking about that night, that um, uh, it, it may be that God is leading us to make a difference. Not only did, the way, did Jesus get mad in the way some people treated children, but he also, uh, hypocrisy made Jesus mad as well. Jesus dealt harshly with those who appeared pious on the outside, that had hearts that were far away from God. When referring to a crowd, he says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Before we accuse others, we must first examine ourselves and deal with others graciously. So the way people treated children, hypocrisy made Jesus mad. We see that throughout the New Testament. And the most prime example that I think all of us would would remember about Christ is greed made Jesus angry. Nothing is more telling of Jesus' outward expression of anger than when he drove the money changers out of the temple. Using the church as a vehicle for economic activity instead of promoting spiritual vitality demonstrates a wrong heart that idolizes money. Jesus saw into their hearts and saw what they were doing in the temple to encounter God. They were making a profit from those coming to offer an offering to the Lord. And we know of Jesus taking time. He didn't immediately respond, but he went away, he made the whip and came back and he strongly communicated his disdain towards what was happening there outside the temple. But we also know that he became angry at hard-heartedness. This is a great example. When Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath and the man who uh, had the withered hand, uh, he asked him to come up to him. In Mark 3, 5, Jesus reads, or it reads, after looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Instead of the discussion being around the power of God's miracle for healing, the onlookers accused Jesus of doing good works on the Sabbath. His actions, of course, made now the Pharisees angry. Their loyalty to legalism prevented them from having a right heart before the powerful presence of God. God gets angry at our hard-heartedness. And we see that in other places in Scripture as well. And I'll just mention these briefly. We also see numerous places where spiritual pride made Jesus mad. Spiritual pride, or to use the term self-righteousness, often made Jesus mad. Jesus knew that these sins, spiritual pride and hard-heartedness and greed and self-righteousness and all of these blocked the flow of the power of God in believers' lives. Paul gave us great advice when it comes to anger. 
Most of you know of this verse, Ephesians 4, 26. It says, in your anger, what? Do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. I love the way the New Living Translation reads this. Uh, It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't sin by letting anger control you. In one of my uh, books, uh, it's a, I don't know, not my top five or 10 books, but it's a book that I, I enjoy reading and have read it and done it with men from time to time. It's called The Samson Syndrome. And it deals with many of the temptations that strong men face, or that's the kind of the tagline for the book. And in the, in the chapter where he says, it's by Mark Atterbury, The Samson Syndrome, in the chapter where he says, strong men tend to use anger as a tool. He talks about the fact that um, it never ceases to amaze him that from America, we can, to countries all over the world, with, with almost precision, send um, a weapon into someone's, through someone's office window, a terrorist window, uh, you know, terrorist or whoever, without, with, with precision, but almost always, we cannot prevent, um, uh, a word slipped my mind, we cannot uh, prevent collateral damage. It's something's gonna happen often that we preferred and we tried to prevent from happening. And a lot of times this can happen with anger, and he says this. He says, not long ago I was in a department store and witnessed a confrontation that ended with a husband calling his wife an ugly name and storming off. The heartbreaking thing was that their little boy, who appeared to be about four, heard every word. And my, my guess is that someday, 20 or so years from now, he'll be talking to his wife the same way. You see, the husband aimed his verbal missile at his wife, but tiny bits of shrapnel pierced the soul of his son. And that's how it always is with anger. One of the verses we read earlier, focal verses for today, Proverbs 15, 18, Solomon reminds us, those who are hot-tempered stir up strife, but those who are slow to anger calm contention. As I begin to close, it wouldn't be right for me to bring up this topic of anger without offering some help. And I want to do that, practical help. You've heard some of these things that I'm going to share probably through the news and media and at school or wherever it may be. But then also I want to offer some spiritual help that Paul gives us as well. The first thing is learn to think before you speak. I think we all know that. In the heat of the moment, it's so easy to send out that collateral damage and that shrapnel into those that are around us when we act before we think and when we speak before we think. I've been guilty of that and I think most of us in the room, if we're honest, would say that we have been guilty of that. Uh, Peter and the scriptures could have learned this lesson well. Peter had what I call the foot and mouth disease. He often spoke before he thought, and Jesus would often correct him, and we can go to uh, scripture and we can see that. Another practical suggestion is once you're calm, then express your anger. Once you're calm, then express your anger. Proverbs 15:1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Another practical suggestion is to, is to get, simply get some exercise. This one's great for me. Um, I love more than anything, if I'm feeling stressed or if I've had a stressful day, whether it's going for a walk or just beginning to get back into some routine of of shooting basketball or lifting weights or doing whatever it is that that, that I sometimes do. Uh, Identify possible solutions to your anger. What is it that's making you angry? What can we do about this? And identify some possible solutions. Stick to I statements and speaking with the person that you're angry with. Say, I feel this way and we've, like I said, we've heard some of these before. Don't hold a grudge. Many of you are good at this one, using humor to release the tension. Uh, That can often be very helpful. But the last suggestion comes from Paul's words in Ephesians 4.26. Well, after he says, the first of all, the greatest suggestion here is to be angry and do not sin. That's easy for us to say, and it's a scripture that we can memorize. It's very easy. But before he gets to that, 
In Ephesians 4, verse 22 and 24, he writes these words. Paul says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Did you catch the two little phrases there in this scripture? He says to put off your old self. And he says to put on the new self created to be like God. As Christ followers, it is our goal, yours and mine, to become more like Christ, to look more like Christ, to speak more like Christ, to act more like Christ. We can't do that if that anger is controlling us. Paul says here in Ephesians 4 again, 22 through 24, to put off our old self and to put on the new self created to be like God. How are you and I doing at that? Are there some of us in here today that anger has a control in our lives and maybe it's hurting our family, maybe it's hurting our marriage and hindering what God would have it to be. Maybe it's hindering our children or others within our family. And have we put on the new self? Have we put on, have we put the ways, our sinful ways behind us? And I know we we will always sin and it's not like we would never be angry again. But are we, as we move forward, moving closer to Christ or moving further away from him? Are we putting off our old self and putting on the new nature? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for um, the forgiveness that is offered through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that when we do slip and fall, that when we do let anger control us and when we do allow our anger to lead us to sinful words or sinful actions, we are grateful, Lord, that you do forgive us for that. Father, this is a, a serious topic, one that is, uh, it really touches home with some in the room today. And Father, I pray for those who, and all of us, maybe at times, who struggle with anger, that Lord, that you would teach us, not only from Proverbs, from Paul, but teach us most of all for, through your son and the lessons that we can learn as we look at examples where he was angry at greed and pride and self-righteousness and hard-heartedness. Father, convict us this morning Lord, of ways that we inappropriately show our anger. And Lord, lead us into paths of righteousness. Lead us down the path that would lead us closer to you. Father, we thank you for loving us as you do. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today, I'm gonna clean up the mess down here. And if you desire to to express your desire to join uh, Boiling Springs Baptist, you can do that without getting Coke on you. and um, we would be happy to, to, uh, to pray with you and talk with you as well. If you are here today and maybe you've never put off the old self, maybe you've never committed your life to Christ, that is the most important decision that you could ever make in life. And I would love more than anything to talk with you about how you can uh, come to know him in a very personal way. We're gonna stand and sing a great hymn, hymn number 231, Breathe On Me. Let's stand and sing together.
I want us to be sure we sing all of those verses. We all need the Holy Spirit to breathe on us, not only as we deal with anger, but as we go about life and all the things that Proverbs is te- is, are, are teaching us this summer. I hope you will accept the Proverbs challenge. If you haven't been reading in Proverbs, begin to do so. You can read chapter 15 today, or you can go back and begin reading chapter 1 and, and catch up with us. But uh, I encourage you to be here next week as we look at some things from Proverbs chapter 22. Thank you, Wesley and Ashley and Charlotte, and we rejoice with uh, the dedication today. And Charlotte, we look forward to watching her grow and seeing her and understand there's a shower this afternoon for the family. Not, well, for Laura um, and Frank, but uh, we're glad that the family's here today. And Bluegrass Band Ensemble, thank you again for being with us. Let's close now in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your spirit in our lives. We're grateful, Lord, that you walk with us uh, when everything's going well. And Lord, when we're down in the valley, as well. Father, uh, help us uh, to control our anger. Help us not to sin in the midst of it. But Lord, help us to become angry about the injustices that are within our world. We lift up this prayer in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen.